Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. That's, yeah, they have asked for that, really. Well, you can laugh after the World Cup. I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. But you don't know what you're talking about. What did you want? I managed to stay alive for six years. I'd say it to your face, and I'll say it to you now. I'm down to one field, and we'll see them all. What are you doing down here, you shawnee man? In the absence of any Premier League football this weekend, we had to get our kicks from elsewhere. And if you have seen a more hilarious ending to a football match than the one between Juventus and Salernitana in Serie A, well, I would dearly love to hear about it. The plucky underdogs, who finishes one point above the relegation zone last season, were moments away from their first away top-flight success against the mighty Juve. 2-1 up going into injury time. An injury time period that ended. But by the time injury time finished, Juventus had equalised had a winner chalked off by VAR, had become embroiled in a mass brawl, had two players sent off as well as their manager and had seen one of their opponents given a red card as well. Who says VAR is no fun? Welcome to Monday's Second Captain's Football Pod. Hi Ken, hi Murph. Hey Owen, how's it going? How are you? Like I said, Ken, who says VAR is no fun? <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying in that strange tone. Answer the damn question. Oh, you, sound like the kind of, you said it in the kind of voice of someone who would think exactly that actually, Owen. <laughs> it was Welch. Who says VAR is Someone with no skin in the game, Ken, you know? And I feel like the fact that we were watching Serie A, you know, maybe that that might be the only five minutes of Serie A I watched this month. But how hilarious I think it might have even cut through. Not having any skin in the game. Even if there had been a full round of Premier League fixtures, I think this one might have actually cut through because it wasn't a BT. There was a five or six minute clip went up, which doesn't even have all the injury time. It doesn't actually have the injury time equaliser. The start of the clip that I saw begins with what looks like the winner... Uh, Juventus obviously celebrating accordingly you can kind of imagine also under a bit, a bit of pressure not great results lately beating in the Champions League last week they have this release of coming from behind in injury time to score two goals to win it then it dawns on everybody hold on a second there might be an offside then the referee gets untold hassle from all the Juve players who are busy also fighting their opponents eventually goes to the uh, goes over to the screen, <laughs> spends about one second looking at it and going, yeah, okay, that's offside, uh, which was amazing. I presumed he was going to at least go through the motions of having a good think about this, but no, he got it over with as quickly as he possibly could and was greeted, uh, you know, not, not exactly as a hero, by the Juventus supporters who had to make do with a 2-2 draw again. High, high drama. Well, you know, what was... Um what was amazing about it was, I mean, you hear people make various arguments for 
for VAR and why it's good. And um, one of the things that I, that I see lots of people saying recently with all these ridiculous decisions that you've had in the Premier League is, well, it's just um, the England, they can't do it. Uh, everywhere else, it's actually working really well. <laughs> um, even Antonio Conte sort of said something along these lines. Well, he, he didn't say it was working uh, well everywhere else, but he he did say that basically the Forget English about were too in incompetent. Yeah, yeah. You, you, guys <laughs> can't, need, you guys can't work this. They need to to pay attention and to study uh, very hard, to work very hard to get better at, at using VAR. That was what Conte said. But um, for anyone who thought that it was uh, all great uh, in the rest of the world, this is a candidate for the worst refereeing decision of all time and it <laughs> and it's only made possible because of the multiplying effect of technology on purely human incompetence so uh, this this can't happen the, all of the things that that happen here can't happen unless you introduce unless you introduce um, technology as a force amplifier for the mistakes. I'm already thinking of our two tweeters last week who preempted our podcast by saying, "Please don't talk about refereeing decisions." But it's okay, guys. This is fun VAR chat, not boring VAR chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this you is know, all absolutely a- hilarious. Like we we didn't have train crashes, you know, in the in the 17th century. You know what I mean? We there was a lot of bad things about it, but you know, the train crash or the motorway pileup wasn't a feature of. Whereas now, thanks to VAR, we're able to have this this um, this astonishing thing. So why why am I saying this? It's because first of all, it, imagine it looks offside. The, the the clip that I saw, the five and a half minutes that uh, BT Sport tweeted out. It does look as if it's offside. It only looks offside because the camera's zoomed in so it can't pick up Kandreva, the Salernitana player who's standing near the corner flag and playing everybody onside. Wow. Right, so oh, so there's a guy who's playing everyone onside, right? <laughs> <laughs> which, which the camera just zooms in. Again, that's the tunnel vision. Remember we were talking about tunnel vision. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, let's see if it, oh, Benucci's definitely a little bit ahead of the, the guys there as Milica gets his head on the ball. Yeah, and he and he, he doesn't touch it, but he does go for it. He tries to yeah, head it. So, yeah, he's, like, he's, he's active. There, yeah. He's active. Yeah. You know, he's interfering. He's active. and uh, <laughs> But, of course, he's onside because there's a guy uh, who the camera has, has zoomed past <laughs> who is playing everyone on. So, so, first of all, it's a, it's a wrong decision by VAR. And, of course, wrong decisions by VAR are much worse than wrong decisions without VAR because, you know, you, you have to ignore the evidence in order to obtain the wrong decision, you know, so, so it makes everybody feel more angry. Um, but then what happens is, um, imagine there's no VAR. You can still have that goal disallowed. The linesman might still make a mistake, you know, or, the, you know, they, they might still give an incorrect offside. That could happen, right? So it's not as though, the, you know, this goal being disallowed is something that could only happen with VAR. Um, so imagine he does disallow the goal. What happens then is that the referee has disallowed the goal before Milik has had time to get to the corner flag and strip off. Now, Milik got <laughs> sent off for stripping off his shirt and celebrating in the corner when already on a booking. Right now, he, I don't know if there was a calculation going on in his head. I'd have he said, "Well, look, who have we got next week? Monza. You know, I, I'm prepared to, I'm prepared to set that one out. Someone else can have a go against Monza. I'm going to take my shirt off. You know." But the point is that in the old system, if they're going to disallow the goal, they do so immediately. 
right? They don't wait until, first of all, there's a big, uh, a, a big celebration, then they send off the guy, and then they say, oh, we're going to disallow this, and suddenly everyone gets angry, and then they think, well, hang on, we're going to disallow it, and meanwhile, the players are, are now in, in, engaged in essentially a big uh, scrum and kind of turning into, turning into a brawl, <laughs> and then the referee starts handing out more red cards. Nobody knew who was getting red carded. He's just wandering around throwing the... Is, who's, is that Quadrado? Who's gotten the red there? It's just randomly just these you reds. You get a red. Yeah. And you get a red. And you get a, a red. Allegri, Allegri was hilarious. He's the manager. He actually was walking off before getting the red. He knew he was about to be sent off. I guess the fourth official thought... He sees the ref walking towards him. But then once the referee does officially give him the red card, he then waits for the ref to turn his back and just walks back onto the pitch. <laughs> so it's just... Yeah. So you're well, talking about this kind of... So it's some sort of a bad thing, what we witnessed last night. Well, I, mean, I think it's, it's highly it's... entertaining. And, and if... if you know, if it takes technology to create that entertainment, that absolutely is entertainment, then, hey, past five minutes on a Sunday evening for me. Well, why don't we just um, bring in a system where where every time there's a decision, you also have to toss a coin to decide whether or not we're going to go with the decision or whether we're just going to ignore it. I mean... Uh, keep talking, you know, go on, go keep on. talking. In, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, imagine the, 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 the feelings of inflamed injustice um, that would, you know, the, how, the, the how coin... How about this, Ken? How about this, Ken? You have um, Philip Schofield on the side of the pitch <laughs> with one of those big wheels. Oh, yeah, yeah, so you, you yeah, make the decision, yeah, yeah. but then you also have to spin the wheel three times. And depending on what you land, you get like, there's like a red card, goal disallowed, goal allowed, uh, penalty given. I mean, now we're talking... In really in his really upbeat way, explaining to the Juve fans why this is an amazing thing that they get to spin yeah. this wheel. Well, yeah. he, he, I do. I feel. I feel as though. I mean, you, you might think that's good. I don't think that's a good idea. You well, know, it happened I, to Juve. It happened to Juve. That's probably why it was funny. If it happened the other way around, I probably would have felt a little heartbroken for the poor Salernitana players. But it was kind of funny that Juve had to go through that. Well, no. it's been happening a lot. Juve haven't Juventus. had the benefit of some refereeing decisions over the decades. Ken, don't think we need to feel too sorry for those guys. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, a lot a lot of people obviously are happy to see uh, Juventus suffer. Um, uh, or, you know, there are some, obviously Juventus have a lot of supporters. I saw a tweet from uh, low quality regen, uh, <laughs> low quality regen tweeted, Americans are welcome to shitposts, but they should be warned of intense depths of feelings here. It's hard to explain, but millions feel Juventus are their spiritual grandmother. It's not like a dying president, but the passing of the chief saint of a still felt Italian religion. So uh, the old lady, of course, uh, Juventus uh, has suffered a lot. Uh, they've given away a lot of particularly handball penalties, always seems to be Matthijs de Ligt, who obviously doesn't play for them anymore. <laughs> he, he, he was the master of the penalty area of our handball. So, okay, you know, everyone's having a bit of a laugh there, but, but this is not, this, this is still not good. I mean, it wasn't brought in to have a laugh. You know what I mean? It was meant to be like all this. Uh, we're going to uh, reduce errors. You know, we're, we're going to um, the arc of justice uh, will bend closer to perfection. You know, all this this kind of stuff. But actually, as you see, um, it, we're, we're now seeing refereeing catastrophes on a scale unimaginable before. You know, <laughs> you, literally, you just didn't have the conditions to create that kind of a of a of a cascade of wrong decisions before you introduced the element of like a, a fallible supposed supposedly accurate but in fact horribly fallible uh review which introduced delay which allows chaos to sort of blossom and, and um uh, uh you know and, and take possession of what's happening on the field i mean this is just it's just stupid you know i mean I, it's difficult for people to accept that they were wrong 
and uh, you know it's and I and I and for that reason you know I don't expect to sort of the, the, there's still some diehards out there who say no this is good actually you know this, this is really good and it, it's hard for those people to accept that they basically fundamentally misunderstood uh, a lot of things about the game uh, about the administration of justice about unintended consequences you know they just they they didn't grasp these things and rather than confront that I expect them to continue to uh, you know to dig the trenches. Uh, ever deeper, uh, but it's clear that this is, um, you know, this is just uh, this is just really stupid. Yeah, you know, it's stupid. It's, 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 it's a waste of everyone's okay. time. Schofield's ring of var sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it couldn't make it. It couldn't make it worse, really. You know, I mean, again, if if it's what we if if we want to create narrative and drama. Then you know, then let's introduce some yeah. random. You know, like a, your man. like a reality show. You know, let's 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 introduce maybe a, a, a you know if if the game seems to be a little seem, seems to be flickering, introduce a third team. You know, a th- mm-hmm. like the way they do in in a in a you know Love Island or something. They bring new contestants in to sort of yeah. spot. Just bring in a third team who can steal the points. You know, if, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, they yeah. can score in so either. City are three 0 up on Man United, but then Liverpool come on for the last <laughs> half hour and they yeah, can win. The you know, three points. imagine yeah, they yeah, could yeah, get yeah, in, yeah, score yeah, in both yeah. goals. You know, the City and, and United get nothing. Scoring both goals, yes. Well, they, yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they say there's only there's only six of them, but but they're allowed to score yeah. at either end, so they can sort yeah, of join yeah, yeah. in with either. T- I mean, teams do this sort of stuff in training the whole time. You know, it's not as though this is it's not as though this this would be a foreign concept to them, and I think it could greatly add to the pleasure. Um, of the viewer. I mean, you know, you could argue we're getting further and further away from the sport as traditionally played, but you know, everything evolves, you know? You don't want to be one of these sort of blimp types who stands in the way of progress, you know, who, who denies the fact that everything everything evolves, everything always gets better. Progress is always, is always, is inevitable and good, you know? It, it's, uh, so again, it's uh, it's time to, uh, you know, maybe maybe the, the the only problem with Vars is that it hasn't, it hasn't gone far enough. Juventus play Benfica in the Champions League on Wednesday. There are a good few interesting games. Erling Haaland against his old club, Borussia Dortmund. That's also on Wednesday. Liverpool Ajax tomorrow, of course. We will have football pods on Wednesday and Thursday exclusively for World Service members. Uh, what did you make of the decision to postpone the Premier League matches, Ken? I didn't ask you. After when we were recording on Friday morning, it was still being weighed up and the news came out uh, not long after. Well, they had their Premier League their meeting around 11 o'clock. It came out shortly after that, that after the death of the Queen, the games were being postponed. What do you think, looking back now, particularly in the context of most other sports going the other way and continuing? Um, well, I mean, in the context of what all, uh, I mean, the other sports seem to decide to do, the football decision looks, you know, over sort of cautious, you know, obviously everyone was like, well, you know, we don't want to cause any offense and all this sort of stuff. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised that the matches were postponed, but obviously um, through then, uh, I, I'm not supposed, uh, or rather, I'm not surprised that the death of the Queen uh, caused the Premier League to decide to postpone a round of fixtures. I'm not, you know, that's, I would have expected them to do that, uh, you know, given the, the special circumstances. Um, but of course, the funeral of the Queen is next week. It's next Monday, right? So there's there's also kind of, the question is, you know, were you going to postpone both? Now, it seems like they're going to go ahead, but maybe it would have been better to postpone next week. You know, you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not really surprised that it that resulted in a, in a round of fixture being, being postponed or delayed um could they obviously if they had gone ahead with it they um it would have been fine 
It would have, that's the thing, yeah. It would have it would have been. I kind of felt that even by the time the announcement was made and you were hearing of other sports going ahead over the weekend, you're thinking, it's not is anyone really gonna take it as some sort of lack of Brutal insult, Billy. To, to go. I don't know, maybe some would, but it seems to me like oh, if, some some definitely would, some, but you, know, you don't need would, to worry yeah, but, about what kind but of. But you've crap also got you've think. also got this ready made celebration of the Queen's life or whatever you want you know public outpouring of respect ready to ready to go it's a package in a way you've already got thousands of people who have booked tickets into these stadia around the country and you got to think we'll all be even the ones not everybody I suppose is from England or from a, a country within the Commonwealth maybe a few people wouldn't necessarily <laughs> agree with uh, agree with the monarchy but you'd imagine that it would all pass off in a very respectful way and even when you think of it when you're looking back in 30-40 years and they'd have they'll have this store of footage from around now, this historic moment and so on. And you're missing what could have been like quite a quite a another bit of pageantry. You know, they love their pageantry, and there was some ready-made pageantry there, which I would have thought was fairly straightforward. To maybe I'm just saying that because I'm sore because because I didn't get to work on the Liverpool Wolves game on Saturday that I was looking forward to. But it did seem to me like they could have they could have gone ahead with it in, in yeah. not even in retrospect at the time. You probably could have just barreled. Well, they, they could have. I mean, it's obviously a sort of decision taken to. Uh, to avoid criticism, which ended up, um, which ended up attracting, way, yeah. attracting Sorry, criticism. Sorry, So, yeah. What would you say, Ken, to the people who, who were worried that oh, fans of certain clubs might uh, boo or might not respect the minute silence? And what does it say for a society that games would be called off for that reason if that was part of the reasoning? The idea that uh, free assembly and free speech would be. Uh, 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 cut short in that way well i mean i don't know to what extent that was part of their reasoning you know i i I don't really know i mean i know people say well what's going to happen at liverpool or what's going to happen at celtic and all this kind of stuff um like i don't know i mean they're going to be playing where i suppose we'll see are are they next week well liverpool are at home in the champions league tomorrow yeah i mean i look i you know it's it just seems like you can't call off games just because you're second guessing what a crowd might do. You know, it just sort of yeah. seems like it's, it's like, mad. It's, it's it, I, I don't know if that was a factor in the thinking, but it, should, it certainly, I don't think it should have been. Um, and, you know, if people are going to boo, then, you know, well, you're going to have to bite that bullet. I mean, the, the Premier League word, oh, this will embarrass the Premier League. I mean, it depends what you want to get embarrassed about, I suppose. Uh I don't know. I think I think that I think that's nuts. But like, I mean, the, the death of the Queen is a, is a is a big deal in in terms of England, um, you know. So again, it, I'm not surprised that these types of things have happened. But yeah, it was it was interesting to read that, like, you know, in 1952, the last time this happened, uh, you know, the rugby was called off and the football went ahead. And uh, then it was switched around this time. I don't really understand what's going on there. <laughs> why Why that's the case. And the, the cricket and the golf went ahead, but the football was called off. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's a beautiful summer's day. The breeze is stupendous. 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 Would this podcast be even more stupendous without ads? Without ads? Ads. If so, then join us for daily commercial-free shows at secondcaptains.com for just five euro a month. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not bumping them up. I'm not Irish. I'm just saying my observations, they are amazing. Stupendous. Well, what about that Liverpool-Ajax game then? You've been warming up for that one by doing a little bit of reading, Ken. I was, I was reading your Irish Times column. And mm. uh, I, I note that you've spent some time in the company of Pep Linders, the assistant, one of Klopp's assistants, who's written a book. Yeah. In his, in his company, being in the company of his writing, I should say. Yeah, you haven't been hanging out with Linders. No, no, I haven't. Uh, much to the disgust of, of Didi Haman, uh, who, who uh, said that this was... Basically, if you, you know, what was it he said exactly? Um, I, uh, you know, the alarm bells should have been going off for LFC fans when the assistant manager was allowed to publish a book uh, while he was still employed by the club. Not sure how he was allowed to do that. Um, which, uh, you know, so I thought, well, maybe I'll have a look at this controversial book, especially since the book is called Intensity. And it comes, I mean, I just watched Liverpool get run off the field by, um, by Napoli. And really, that's been happening to them all season. And so the the title of this book, which was published on August fourth, is like a sort of is, is looks like a joke now. You know, <laughs> it's an indictment of of uh, the team. You know, it's literally the one thing that they don't seem to have anymore. So you know, given all the the sort of controversy and the dissidence uh, that was going on, I thought, well, I might as well read this book, see what's going on in there. Uh, I must say, I don't think Haman's got too much to worry about in terms of um, in terms of well will this tear the dressing room apart will I the did, revelations yeah I did you see you said that Lin, Linders scrupulously avoids anything that might smell of scandal or even criticism which if mm. I see in a book review in general I know this is not a, strictly a book review again but it reads that way somewhat that <laughs> it doesn't necessarily make me want to read the book I mean I'm not looking for I'm not looking for chapter and verse on all the internal politics of the Liverpool dressing room but when I hear that there's nothing that could even remotely suggest that anyone involved would be slightly annoyed with it coming out it, you got to think well the tactic stuff better be strong here then better be really eye opening well I mean it's, it's it's interesting enough I suppose uh, although it obviously gets a bit repetitive because I mean that's sort of the nature of, of football training you know I mean you're sort of it's and, and you know it was interesting in the in the in the context of Klopp talking about reinventing you know which which I don't think I mean as we talked about with Simon Hughes last night I don't think he really meant reinvent even last though that's week, the word yeah. that he used I think he meant sort of relearn or you know get get back um Get back on the uh, on the horse. Let's say Some reinvent isn't a very good word for get back on the horse, but uh, to to uh, 
So what, what exactly are these principles? And, you know, they're, they're quite familiar. I mean, Liverpool have been doing more or less the same thing since Klopp came in. I know you could say that, well, they've evolved a, a bit and they sort of have, but actually still, I mean, as the title of, of the book suggests, you know, intensity is the key ingredient, you know. And if you look at them last season, I mean, he mentions at one point um, the the that in the Champions League, they uh, Liverpool's opponents had the average sequence of play that they enjoyed against Liverpool in the Champions League was 6.8 seconds, which was short a shorter time than any other team allowed their opponents per sequence of play. You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is that they're still... Um, they still are a, a pressing team, at least when you compare them to all the other teams, even if they're not quite as yeah. frenetic as they were sort of, you know, 2016, 2017, when, when Klopp was kind of putting the team together. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't know. He, you know, he goes through their, their principles of play, which I think are familiar. There's probably no point even to really relitigate with it or re-describe what those things are. What I, what I was left with the impression of is there's a couple of things that you need if you want to make it in the coaching game these days. Yeah. Um, one of them is uh, to remember the principle that trumpet ain't got to blow itself. You know, um, there is no praise too small to, to, that you can't relay it and rebroadcast it to people who might have heard about it. Say they haven't heard about it because it was a text message from like your boss to you. And people might have heard about that because they don't they don't see your phone. So you have to tell them, you know, oh, the boss said this or Billy Hogan, the chief executive said amazing performance in the press conference today, Pep, real leadership, you know, and uh, so you have to. Uh, or uh, at one point, you know, he was managing he was managing the team at Chelsea. Remember, they drew two all against Chelsea in the um, they drew two all against Chelsea in the at Stamford Bridge and Klopp had COVID. So he wasn't there. Yeah. So Linders was basically the manager for the game. And he mentions at one point, you know, they went 2-0 up and ended up, ended up drawing 2 all. That was the day that um, Kovac had scored that amazing goal. Remember, he volleyed it into the top corner. And uh, he says at one point, uh, you know, I think it's before when he goes, you can hear me uh, on the soundtrack shouting, play camp just before we score. And you're like... <laughs> <laughs> like he, I just thought about it. He, listened, he listened back and he's like oh there's me shouting you can hear that and then it's like no one else would have noticed that I'd better tell them look don't hide your light under a bushel is all I'm saying you know you need to yeah. the other thing you really need to, to have if you want to be a coach in top class football is you need to know the words of the legendary uh, uh, I'm told uh, Vince Lombardi uh, no, a John Wooden. Oh, the basketball coach. Yeah, he's up there yes. with Lombardi for uh, mm. all these inspirational quotes. The, I think I believe John Wooden, the winningest coach in, in in college basketball history. That could actually be wrong. That might be Bob Knight. I believe I believe Owen, you are correct, okay. and I believe that he won seven titles in a row, which no one else has ever done. Owen, mm-hmm. uh, and I noticed Alan Shearer um, dropping a John Wooden quote in his um, Eddie Howe piece in his interview with Eddie Howe. Um, John Wooden is a, is a cult figure, you know, and 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 today's top uh, top coaches and sort of frontline football people uh, can quote John Wooden like <laughs> is sort of you know a 16th century. Uh, you know, if this was if this was 400 years ago, Pep Linders would be quoting the Bible, you know. But now he now he can quote John Wooden. Uh, he doesn't quote the Bible in this book. But it's pretty much the only uh, source that uh, remains unquoted. You know, everyone is getting in there. Erasmus, he, he mentions, he, he says, um, 
he says, uh, what was it? Uh, Prevention is better than cure, as the Dutch philosopher Erasmus once said. And I was like, did Erasmus say that? I didn't, I didn't know that. You know, I've heard the, I've heard the phrase loads of times, prevention is better than cure, but I had no idea it was an original Erasmus quote until Pep Linders told me. So this is a, an essential skill of the job, the elephantine memory for inspirational sayings uh, and uh, quotable little consumable nuggets of um, chunks, consumable chunks of wisdom. Shankly as well. Can, a football, go. a football yeah. team is like a piano. You need eight men to carry it and three who can play the damn thing. Yeah, but, you know, wh- what a mad quote that is. Like, what, <laughs> like, was Bill Shankly on mushrooms when he said that? Like, what, what exactly did he have in his head when he, vi- when he envisaged this scene? Eight men carry this thing and then three, three sit down to play. What? <laughs> what, what, like, what? Where did he see this? And how did nobody listen to Bill Shankly saying this and go, well, Bill, actually, that's, you know, that, that one needs work. I mean, that doesn't make any sense, Bill. A piano was not played by three people. You know, but, you know it's, some, it's, it's the tone of voice. I mean, this is, it, it, it left me with that impression that that's, that's really the important thing. You know, it's something I, I think more and more the older I get, that there's no point in memorizing all these little bits of wisdom because nobody cares about them. It's all whether you can say things convincingly. That's all anyone cares about. You know, you ever wonder how, no, you know, people go on about Alex Ferguson, how great he was at talking to the team, and then no one can ever remember what it is that he said. <laughs> No, it's like, well, can you give an example? Uh, he just, you know, lads at Tottenham was memorable because it was three words. Um, but like you know, most of the time people just don't read. But it's, it's all it's all just to do with his kind of his it's, it's his demeanor, the way that he was able to say things elevated just the banal stuff that he was saying. And people were like, oh, I've, you know, like the, the, there's actually the, luckily that luckily Linders apparently writes everything down. as something Klopp says in his introduction. He's always writing down stuff. And um, so he's ta- he takes copious notes. And so he's able to actually record some of the stuff that Klopp says. And, you know, I thought this was, you know, you know, when we were watching Arteta in the Arsenal documentary and he um, he's like uh, coming up with a different little idea for yeah. every team talk. And like he's, he's, he's waving a light bulb around saying, guys, we're going to be like this light bulb or, you know, we're going to be like Thomas Edison or whatever it was he was saying. Or, you know, he draws the heart and the brain. He's like, when, you, when these things are in sync, you know, nothing can stop us, guys. And uh, so there's a few of those types of things from, um, from Jürgen. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's saying, uh, what was it? Uh, just before the Wolves game, remember they played Wolves at the, in the last game last season, so they need to win and City need to not win for them to win the league. What? How does Jurgen Klopp introduce this uh, legendary moment? Um, he's, he starts talking about how, you know, it's it's very hard. I mean, no one's done this uh, in the Premier League. No one's, uh, it's never happened before in the Premier League that the team in front didn't become champions on the last day. But there's a German saying, I once saw a horse vomiting in front of a pharmacy. Uh, basically, it means that for everything, there has to be a first time. We know that stranger things have happened before. So, so there you go. That was Jurgen. Uh, but then the next game was the Champions League final. And what does Jurgen say for that? I mean, this is a big one. You know, I mean, you want to pull out the big speech. You want to pull out the really big speech for this. He sits the team down. He looks at them and he says, how many of you remember what I said before the final against Tottenham? And they all go, uh, I don't know. And he goes, well, it shows it's not really that important. <laughs> I mean, and then continues like to say, basically, oh, you know, I don't need to motivate you. You're, you know, you're. I won't you're bother boring the arse off you guys. Blah you know. blah blah. You know, so so those types of things are, you know, or or Jurgen sometimes goes on about how we need to be like bees or a shoal of fish or a flock of birds. Uh, you know, teamwork, that sort of stuff. Geese. He probably he's probably talked about geese. Everyone talks. Everyone talks about geese sooner or later. Owen. So. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. I wouldn't would I say that it's uh, uh, that I learned a lot more about uh, what's going on at Liverpool. <laughs> Not really. Um, would I say? I mean, I, I remember, for instance, th- there's a scene. There's a scene in it when um, uh, Mo uh, is outside. Mo was still on the pitch speaking to Harvey. Penalties, life, professionalism. I don't know what they were discussing, but I couldn't have felt prouder seeing Mo like this with Harvey, the megastar being really busy with the mega talent, teaching to deliver, teaching to prepare. As I said repeatedly, talents need models and not criticism. Uh, and I could just, th- I was just thinking of Diego Torres talking about seeing Mo Salah come off the. Um, uh, or, or hanging out around the Champions League final, and the only one he was talking to him was um, was Harvey Elliott, and he, and the implication that he was it the the training day, maybe the media day before the thing, and the implication that he drew from it was not that oh, isn't it great to see the superstar uh, m- mentoring uh, the young player, um, but it was oh look, only the starstruck nineteen year old will talk to. Uh, Mo Salah because he must be such a pothole. So uh, that, you know that, that was the that was the implication that Jagger told you. The word, po- the, the, the word pothole needed to be employed more in this book, and that's what it need, needs more potholes. Pothole, yeah. Well, listen, I mentioned Diego Torres on. Go on. I have to say he's a, he's he's hit us with an old timer over the weekend. What? And it is related to what we've just been talking about. Yeah. The signing of Darwin Nunez is Jurgen Klopp's biggest miscalculation. The striking stain in the splendid history of strategic decisions of the Liverpool coach since he was hired in October 2015. The leaders of the English club admitted after evaluating it with the technicians, pay 100 million euros for the striker, the most expensive footballer of history at Anfield. It was nonsense considering the cognitive abilities he demonstrates in training and in games. His substitution on the first day of the Champions League in Naples, where uh, on occasions the rule suffered the most overwhelming defeat in the last five years, is the most ominous manifestation of the greatest crisis that the German coach has faced since he arrived in England. I think that's a tendentious claim. Uh, in terms of the greatest crisis, I would say the losing six matches in a row while, you know, a lot of other things were going wrong off the field. Six home matches in a row, remember, in the the, uh, sort of COVID season, it looked as though everything was just absolutely collapsing. was probably even worse than Mm. the the poor start they've made to to this season. Um, But this goes on. uh, conditioned by fundamental Liverpool rule that recommended not spending more than 50 million euros for a player unless they're absolutely extraordinary. Until this summer, Klopp's transfer, this was an example of success for sports directors throughout Europe. You know, Firmino, Salamane, Diogo Jota and Luis Diaz for 40 million euros each and exhibited the precise regularity of the model. Only two exceptions, Van Dijk and Alisson. Uh, so, you know, they were all great. Um, regard, uh, there are signings in which Klopp just gives the go-ahead. Regarding Nunez, the coach went a step further. Not only did he break the basic rule of not paying more than 50 million, he endorsed the double payment, 100 million, while outright ruling out more appro- more affordable or proven alternatives, such as Richarlison, Hyunmin Son, or Lewandowski, offered by his agent Pini Zahavi. Following his guideline, in June, uh, Liverpool bought the rights of the Uruguayan with the dual mission of filling the void left by Sadio Mane and playing at the top. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in particular, the discussion of Mane, organizational and emotional pillar of the team for six years. We have spoken before about Diego Torres' yeah. love of Mane. Um, the coach, Warren Nunez, had the resources to achieve it. He pointed to his energetic 23-year-old character, his considerable height of 1.87 meters, and fundamentally, his dynamism. Uh, the disappointment came in the preseason. Ten days of training were enough for the technical secretariat to sound the alarm. 
we have to get Firmino back. <laughs> they say in Liverpool that when Klopp subjected the newcomer to the battery of exercises that measure mental speed to respond to situations of maximum difficulty in confined spaces, it was revealed the striker made too many wrong decisions and that under pressure, his controls, his, his technical, his touch, I guess, were a lottery. Since then, Klopp has worked hard to train him with patience in the meantime, use him as an opportunist to fight centres where he can, f- or, or use him in broken matches where he can find spaces to put himself in an unbalanced situation. Basically, um, uh, he's uh, he's no use. Uh, compares him to Mario Jardel, according to someone at Benfica, saying it's fine to do it for Benfica, but this is a uh, this is a different ball game. Um, uh, and he says uh, at the end, uh, Liverpool in 2011, Liverpool broke their record when they signed Andy Carroll for 40 million. It was a hus- historic failure. For several seasons, the club paid the salary of the slender English nine while loading him out to hospital bu- hospitable clubs. The latest joke in the Kirby, the Red Sports City, circulates like wildfire. Darwin Nunez is getting the face of Andy Carroll. So, yeah, I mean, pretty. Pretty strong Ooh. stuff based on... Uh, well, it I mean, always is from like Diego, isn't it? That's games. why you always turn to Diego Torres. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, there's a couple of, of things there which, I mean, first of all, it's, I think it's a bit too soon to, um, to uh, say, well, this guy's a disaster, although the signs so far have not been good. This, the list of, of signings that should have been signed, Richarlison, like that was realistic. Um, you know, re- imagine signing Richarlison from Everton um, considering you know what had happened between Richardson had spent like the end of the season taunting Liverpool, uh, Hyun Min Son. Well, that I mean, would have been I'm a sure, signing. It would have been a great signing. I'm sure Tottenham would have would have probably sold him for forty million. He would have been the new Jota. You know, <laughs> just as far as like absolutely. You know, we've been waiting for someone to come and sign Son. Yeah. You know, we can't, we can't wait to see the back of this guy. Da, or Lewandowski. Da, Daniel, da, Daniel Levy, famed, uh, you know, uh, easy negotiator. But he would have said, yeah. yeah, 300 million you can have Son. Son's not that good, is he? Tottenham would have said, sure, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let Liverpool buy our old rope. Or he, Lewandowski. He didn't, he didn't even win the uh, golden boot or the um, top goal scorer in the Premier League outright last year. You know, he had to share it. Yeah, with he, had to, he had to share it with Sal. And, and then Lewandowski. I mean, Lewandowski is obviously a better player than Darwin Nunez, but he is 34 years old. Like, is he still going to be better than him in two years? I mean, you would hope not. <laughs> you know, you would, hope, you would hope not from the point of view of, of Liverpool or from Darwin Nunez. So, yeah, I thought I thought it was is maybe a jumping the gun. But, you know, if those reports are sourced at all in terms of the internal doubts, I mean, there's the internal uh, doubts, which are obviously troubling from Liverpool's point of view. But there's also the fact that, according to Torres, Klopp is all in on this guy. You know, he's the one who's who's brought him in. So he's the one who's got to train him up, uh, which means, I suppose, I mean, that's a good thing from Nunez's point of view. At least he's there with a manager mm. whose, whose fate is bound to his, let's say. More on that on our Champions League podcast during the week. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Murph. Thank, thank you. Ken, oh, thank, you. thank you, Kieran. Thanks so much for listening. To hear that coverage in the next few days, you will have to, of course, be a World Service member, which you can look at doing on secondcaptains.com. You can get six ad-free podcasts a week, and the Second Captains podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Which one is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports is important. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.